And now a word from our sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Well, first of all, it's free. And who doesn't love free? There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And that way we can get closer to the bag. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for listening. Sexual chocolate. Yeah. Sexual chocolate. Mic drop. Welcome back to another episode of the Ali Family Podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you are watching through YouTube, you might notice a different setup this week. We're looking forward to just getting some feedback each episode. We'll be switching some things around. So yeah, here we go. You were talking about coming to America. What about the movie did you want to highlight? Just wanted to come back to it and give a little more detail around the movie. Coming to America, Eddie Murphy's character found out that he had a son and didn't know he had a son. Before he started dating his wife. Right, right. It was <laughs> it was a foggy night for him. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. uh, so yeah, if you've watched it, Leslie Jones is the character that uh, played the mother. The way that they met was Simi ended up inviting them back to the room, and I think she drugged them. Is that how it happened? I believe so. A large part of the movie at the beginning was around trying to establish his heir to the throne. And one of the rules that they had in Zabunda is that you had to have a male heir in order to secede the king. And he just had three daughters in the movie that he knew about. The cool part about the movie talking about the relationship between his new family and trying to just introduce the new family to his existing family that he had already. There were some additional characters um, that I did like. So I know last episode I said the son's role was probably one of the weaker characters, but one of the stronger characters was Wesley Snipes' character. Uh, He was hilarious. Mm -hmm. He had his own family in his own village, and the way that he made the entrances to... Each room and each scene was really epic, so I enjoyed that. Just with the hair, the clothes, it really brought a lot more to his character. Who was the designer again? What's her name? Ruth Carter. Mm -hmm. Amazing designer. All of the best movies that have really good design, um, costume design, wardrobe. The Black Panther, she did all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Malcolm X movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's done a lot of movies. I I think if we start naming one, we have to name them all. But she's definitely done your favorite black movies. Um, Any movie that you've seen that you've really been impressed by the wardrobe and said like that just matched the time, it's probably designed by Ruth Carter. Um, Definitely a black excellence. Um, Many, many Oscars won for um, design and just costume design and all of those beautiful things. But... I think the one thing that I liked about the one thing I liked about Wesley Snipes character in addition to like his comedy was just like his family dynamics because his family dynamics were completely different than 
Eddie Murphy's character's um, family dynamic. So, like, he had a son and he had a daughter. Um, Wesley Snipes' son and daughter were both played by famous singers. Um, his son was played by Ro Timmy, and his daughter was Tayana Taylor. So, I found those kind of roles to be kind of funny. Just um, each of their characters had just some funny quirks about them between like the way that the son was and the way that um, the daughter, they played a nice homage to the first movie. Um, and it actually found, come to find out the way that Wesley Snipes was even introduced is that his sister was originally the woman that Eddie Murphy's character was supposed to marry in the first movie. Mm -hmm. So I liked, I really liked the way they brought those two things together. It just kind of some of those interactions that they had with trying to unite those families. Um, that was pretty funny to me. One thing that we tried to kind of tiptoe around before, the musical performers now. We can give you the names. You've seen the movie by now. In Vogue, Salt and Pepper, Gladys Knight, Miss Gladys. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> the voice, Morgan Freeman doing the introductions. That was really cool to see him come out. Mm -hmm. Who else? Did we miss any of the performers? Tayana Taylor. Yeah. She Low key, well. she yeah. She Not was, as herself. Yeah, she was doing her thing. I hinted the special performance at the end that I was the most excited about. Sexual chocolate. Yeah. Sexual chocolate. Mic there. drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the originator of the mic drop. I sexual didn't know chocolate. That yes. You told me. Yeah, that was that was a highlight for me to see him come. Uh, they tried to bring queens to Zamunda, and you couldn't have you couldn't have the first coming to America without sexual chocolate. So that was one thing, and then the second thing that um, I think we wanted to kind of touch on was just the cast. Almost all of the characters that were alive, they brought back to be in the second movie. It was cool to see how. How some of the people age, you know, mm -hmm. black don't crack. They look good. They mm -hmm. they didn't look like it was 30 years later. There were some stereotypes that we both kind of acknowledge. The goal of those stereotypes was probably to try to make some jokes and mm -hmm. to try to be funny. But we can both agree that the stereotypes were poorly done. Just being black, African-American, and coming from this perspective, I think... There were some of those jokes that didn't uplift us. It wasn't a movie that made you watch it and feel good about the characters that were representing you. Like, right. I think that's something well that we could agree on mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. The Grammys happened. Yeah. It was sort of a big day for a lot of black artists. First of all, Beyonce is now the highest awarded musician, male or female. She has 28 Grammys. Her daughter also won her first Grammy, Brown Skin Girl. So that was cute. Um, and, you know, so many other Grammys are won. I know Make the Stallion took home a couple. Yeah. They tried to make up a little bit for the previous years, you know, when they had the hashtag boycotting the Grammys or talking about how they didn't value the contributions that Black people were making across the board in artistry or kind of just pigeonhole Black artists into smaller... Um, categories and genres so just because if you're black and you sing they feel like you had to be put into just R&B or hip-hop mm -hmm. and that really just lessened the amount of 
people that could be nominated and win awards because they're just putting all of us, you know, into these small categories. So I think they tried to get it right this year. I don't think they got it right, if I'm being honest. Celebrating Black Excellence, definitely congrats to the winners. The people that I think they got it right with, Nas, King's Disease, Nas received his first Grammy ever. Right. He's been nominated so many times, and for this to be his first one, they got it right. You know, I don't think this is his best album ever, but I think for the albums that came up last year in the hip-hop category, this was the best one. I'm still riding it to Car 85, so I can't say that I don't listen to that song every week, if not more often than every week. So that, that still has a lot of replay value for me. Ultra Black, for sure, still has a lot of replay value. Um, we did a whole TikTok video to Ultra Black. It was pretty funny. And Black Parade. And Black Parade. <laughs> Very Black. <laughs> Beyonce for Black Parade. Mm -hmm. Those are definitely some of our favorite songs. The power that Jay-Z and Beyonce has accomplished through their financial gains, um, you know, in addition to their financial gains, the the moves that they've been able to make through their labels and what they're doing um, with Rock Nation, that's a big deal. Uh, it's a power play. Rock Nation pretty much manages all of your favorite artists. You were talking a little bit about gospel our last two pods, we've mentioned different things between our faith of either reading the Bible app or, you know, listening to gospel music. And Kanye West won the award for the best gospel album. That's right. Um, so for me, I liked it. I really liked that album. Come to think about it, that's the only gospel album that I own is the Kanye West album. So if that's saying anything... He's reached people that are in the gospel space, but he's also reached people that are in the hip-hop space and brought them closer to gospel. So I think he deserved it. He got, he got voted on by his peers, and they think he deserved it. We actually have a few more people we want to highlight, but Kanye's had some recent news, so we do want to highlight Kanye. But just to give everybody kind of a quick rundown, we wanted to just highlight Tiffany Haddish, who won... The baby really had an amazing performance. Um, best performance of the night. I didn't sit down and watch the Grammys, but the next morning, watching the different performances on YouTube and the baby, amazing performance. So he deserved it. Silk Sonic. I'm looking forward to that album coming up. You like them? That's I do Bruno like that. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pox. They Bruno. teamed up. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are leaving the door open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a very sexy song. Yes, <laughs> they're bringing it back. My mother heard it while I was in the car, mm -hmm. and she was saying it sounded like the music that was from her time. Mm -hmm. And she watched the Grammys, and when she saw them perform, she even said they looked like a group from back in the day, like mm -hmm. the Temptations, you know, like one of those groups. Definitely shout out to them, Burna Boy, representing for the African diaspora, Meg Thee Stallion, John Legend. Anderson Pack separately out of his group with Bruno Mars, Lettucey, mm. um, her. Lettucey has a great voice. Was there some controversy with Lettucey? Oh, I don't know. I hadn't heard. No, that wasn't Lettucey. That wasn't Lettucey. Oh, okay. I think that was another soul singer. Who was the singer that sang for um, Trump? Oh, that, um, 
Oh my goodness, what's her name? She has a beautiful voice too. It was, it, we said it, that wasn't Legacy. A couple of Forevers. Okay. Song. That wasn't. No, I got, I think, yeah, so I think I got them two mixed up. Mm-hmm. But. Chrisette Michelle. Chrisette Michelle. Mm-hmm. I hope Chrisette Michelle. Voice too. Yeah, I hope Chrisette Michelle's career is able to recover. Mm-hmm. I know that was a very controversial and poor decision, but she definitely has talent and has made good music for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hope her. I hope she's able to recover from that. You know, people make bad decisions every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that was maybe at this point four or five years ago. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's let's give Chrisette Michelle a little grace. Yes. You know, hopefully she's allowed to still make some music, and yeah, I'd be interested to hear something from her as well. I know that's no, she didn't win, but mm-hmm. just wanted to throw her name out there. I think we pretty much covered all of. The black people that won. Meg the Stallion did win a couple of Grammys. Meg the Stallion represents sort of like this era of a rap woman being able to occupy the same space because so many, you know, decades have gone by where it was like, I'm the only in the game, you know, um, like little Kim, Foxy Brown and up to Nicki Minaj. She was sort of the last of the Mohicans where you can only have like one female um mc who was you know at the top of the charts and now there are certainly several true and you know even the second tier several of those who are um sort of um in the media and they can occupy the same space there's a lot there's a lot right now and so i just think so that's that's a cool thing but then so just you know as i'm watching the performances and and who um went who won for whatever that song was or that or maybe it was you know artist um, the people that she went up against, um, I mean, certainly like, like the, I just keep mentioning these guys, the baby, little baby, they, um, certainly have a lot of ratchet in their music, but these particular like songs that they, that came out this past year were very uplifting, like very woke and tuned yeah. in. Like very not ratchet songs. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. And so it just made me think like, hmm, if you think of like. It as like an evolution, men have sort of had the space to be ratchet or whatever. Now, you know, sometimes we hear these songs where they're just speaking about all this enlightenment. Like a large majority of a lot of the women in, um, who are rapping now, not all of them, of course, we know Rhapsody, our girl, and many others. Not many others. Most of the other um, women who are rappers, they're in that same space of glorifying like stereotypes in, in their music. A lot of the women rappers got like criticism. Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion did that WAP song. A lot of they criticism. performed the WAP song, which pretty much looked just like they were in the music video, which basically looked like a strip club. Sort of all of these like stereotypes with the what the women are producing are sort of front and center now. Do the women have to go through sort of their evolution to reach where the men are? I hear what you're saying. I just want to add one thing because. I've always been a proponent that music should reflect the times. And I think, so yeah, I know you just mentioned the word evolution. So I don't think it was an evolution from the men that produced music last year. I don't think after this year, those same artists will be making the same type of music. Like even Little Baby said it, like he doesn't want to make another bigger picture um, just because of all of the attention that it brought him or... You know, the baby, even, you know, Jay-Z put out some freestyles where he was talking about just very black stuff. 
But I think it was really just more of the artist reflecting the times. And I can't give Megan a pass because even her, Beyonce, you know, you mentioned Rhapsody, was making music that reflects the times. So I can't give the women a pass that were just making the same music last year because last year just wasn't the same year. And you can tell that they were even aware of it because... Megan Thee Stallion, when she dropped her album um, on SNL, mm -hmm. she did a whole skit and monologue about how the black women are the most unprotected women, and then mm -hmm. went ahead to go body yadi 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 yadi. The two have nothing to do with each other. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think Megan owed it to herself. Um, you know, like with the platform that she had, I think she owed it not just to herself, mm -hmm. but she has a lot of fans. I think she, uh, I think she more than anybody was in a position last year to make some music that also reflected the times. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I understand that she had some other things that were happening to her. So maybe, you know, maybe the trauma of being shot and, you know, being violated by a man, like maybe the trauma of that wasn't something that she could put in her music, maybe legally, you know, maybe there are some legal things that she can't speak on, but even if she couldn't speak on that topic, just the other things that were happening in the world, like, she could have kind of connected it, because um, I know that, you know, the song that she was, one of the songs was Savage, you know, the Savage remix. And it's a popular song. Like, I see the reels, or if it's not reels, TikTok, and there's moms and daughters and everybody just jamming out to Savage. And mm -hmm. they could have been jamming. She could have made a bigger picture. Like, Megan is a talented artist. So I, I understand what you're saying about women are now kind of in that space where they have the freedom to kind of be the way that male artists have been traditionally. But... I think enough people kind of were aware of what was happening, so that's all. That's that's just like that's my take on that. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about all women. It's very specific um, female rappers. So like, I'm not comparing them to a Beyonce. New female rappers, you know, Beyonce's been in the industry for decades now, and she's a singer. Um, but like, and and her is a singer, but you know, Meg Thee Stallion is a rapper. And they're, you know, Meg Thee Stallion and all these other women who are rapping. It's new to have so many women in the, this rap industry at the same time. So I'm not giving anybody a pass. I'm not even talking about like, you know, you know, let them be or whatever. But just like sitting back and like wondering, you know, this probably has to happen in order for <laughs> more of the women to to have like them music that's like awakening because the, the men sort of did for so long. It's like, oh, now, now there's an awakening. I hear you. I do hear you. But I just don't think that men had an awakening last year. Like it was temporary. Because yeah. It was just because of the times. Like mm -hmm. I think, what does it say that the women that were highlighted as rappers were the women that weren't rapping about the times. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess that's like, there's more to be said about that, of just what's elevated and projected of 
of, you know, we're talking about rappers, a lot of these are black women, mm -hmm. and just, like, what's being elevated and projected from black women, I think there is something to be said with that. Like, some of that is connected to the labels, some of that's being connected to their PR people, because there's no way you can tell me that all of these women, with all of that's happened last year, could just only still want to just be talking about the same songs that we're hearing on the radio. And a lot of them were, you know, Sweetie, um, Cardi B, um, you know, a lot of the songs that they came out with, City Girls, mm -hmm. a lot of people were expecting something from them to come out that was reflective of, maybe they didn't have to take it to the point of, maybe not, maybe not a bigger picture, but at least reflecting that the club's not open, nobody's partying, like people are at home. So maybe some of those songs did something on TikTok. Like I know challenges have made songs more popular. So like I get that. Like some of those songs are now being made for TikTok mm -hmm. because that's really the new streets, right? <laughs> like the internet is the streets, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of that, um, you know, the, the radio breaking artist isn't the reality anymore. So I get that. But... Like, sure, you know, make your, you know, make that video for TikTok and get that popping, but then dig deeper. Perfect example, Magno shot last year, mm -hmm. went through that type of experience. JT, if she didn't get released from prison last year, maybe it was the end of the year before, but mm -hmm. recently released from prison. Mm -hmm. Like, these are real issues that they could have just, like, dug deeper into and shared. And there would have been a lot of women that could have heard that and, like, related to that also. Like, maybe not to the extent of being shot. But, Hopefully not, yeah. But domestic yeah. violence right. is a real issue for a lot of women. Facts. Being, you know, going to prison is a real issue that we don't really hear a lot of black women's perspective on. You know, we always hear from a, male, a black male's perspective, but there's not that many black women. There's not a huge gap between the amount of women and black men that are um, incarcerated. So... We're, you know, both as a people, we're disproportionately put into prison for crimes that that other people aren't um, put into prison for. Mm -hmm. And nobody really talks about that from the black women's perspective yeah. or a lot of a lot of people don't talk about it from the black women's perspective. You know, I know BT had a series where they've kind of been kind of talking a little bit about what women had did and some of like, I think it was like different crimes and levels that women had made it to in the game and the, the level that they were able to turn their lives around, kind of take their stories of prison and turn that into some type of opportunity to make money. All that just to say, these women have deeper stories. Like, even now, right, Saweetie's going through a breakup, maybe, right? We don't know, but you would think, that some of these life experiences are going to be reflected in the music. Mm -hmm. And if the next song we hear from her is just like twerky, you know, it's just something's off. So that's yeah. all I'm saying. You know, these women are intelligent women. Mm -hmm. um, I know Megan and Sweetie specifically, college educated women, they know what's happening. So I think it's just a choice that they have the right to make. And kind of to bring it back to your point, that is a beautiful thing in hip hop that they can have a choice to 
present their art however and it's being highly listened to and really appreciated to the point where it's won a grammy so it does kind of connect the balance right i guess like you know they always talk about like righteousness and ratchet like you know you gotta have a little balance of of both right you gotta have the party and you gotta have the talks and conversation i think hip-hop has always been like that like hip-hop so if anything if anything, I think last year maybe brought a little more balance to hip-hop, where it did kind of reflect a little bit more of, like, the the message, but also they were partying. It doesn't look like this year is that much different than last year. You know, a lot of cities, a lot of states are still locked down. So there's still time for some of that music to still be heard and reflected in what's coming out. My honest thought about it, I think a lot of people are scared to put that music out because they don't know how it's going to perform. And maybe just being newer, they don't have that opportunity to take that risk. That's what I'm talking about right there. I agree with um, all that you've said about what they could do, what they should do. So they now have this the space to be out here and not like the only woman in the rap industry. And it's kind of like, oh... Well, I, we're, we're here, we have a platform, let's feed the beast. Let's give them people will consume and want to, you know, pay money for. That was my only point, like, it's a know, good point. men, no, it's a men good had point. a long time to feed the beast or whatever. And now it's like, all right, men are established within rap, you know, and can do more. Rap started out with them doing more, but... Overall, these days, since we've been adults or whatever, um, a lot of it has been like glorifying a lot of those stereotypes or whatever. So now when we see all these women, you know, newly, you know, young, young in the game artists, and there are several of them at the same time, I feel like this is just the women's phase of like feeding the beast. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, when women, the you know, the idea of women rappers who are like, top charting artists and it's not just one of them that that idea once that gets more solidified once that has more time hopefully right you would think i would imagine but i would have put money that last year we would have gotten music from kendrick lamar mm -hmm. like easily if any time was the right time to put out music you would have thought those type of songs would have came from kendrick lamar mm -hmm. and it it really just came like from your most unexpected people. Mm -hmm. So I, I I enjoyed that, like to get that type of vibe coming from artists who are the streets. Like yeah. Lil Baby is the streets. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get it twisted. Like he so took he, a big he's step. Black thing right now. <laughs> For sure, because that's what he's seeing. I mean, I guess that's that's the streets, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when we weren't in quarantine last year, we were out protesting. Protesting did have a soundtrack and I think mm -hmm. he did a really good job of just capturing that sound mm -hmm. and I think one other thing that I kind of just noticed when you talk about the women that were making music one of the top charting songs last year was WAP right mm -hmm. we just kind of mentioned Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion mm -hmm. so I don't think it reflected the times but I think it's reflecting something that's happening with women and not to um not on the sexual side of things, but over the last three years, I would say more than ever, I have noticed a larger takeover across the 
industries of just women and not just, I mean, obviously, you know, we focus on black excellence. So black love, I'm going to highlight black women, but in addition to black women, women in general have been being highlighted more and given, not given, they've been receiving a little bit more of what they've deserved all these years, right? Not a hundred percent of what they've deserved. Like, obviously there's a lot of problems with the pay, you know, equal pay and, and what a black woman receives on the job versus what her, you know, white male or white female counterpart receives. There's still some gaps there that are, are really messed up and problematic for like generational wealth. But in some other places, it's been nice to see some of that representation matter and really not just be there for the sake of the look. Like politics, black women have been part of the largest changes of politics. Even the president that we have, black women and black men, you know, the black community was a big reason that we have our new president. But black women in general, um, collectively, really came out and even the candidates that we're seeing in a lot of these cities are black women um you know in georgia stacy abrams she came out she galvanized a lot of people to come out and really represent their their state mm -hmm. so i know even their um their mayor is a black woman there's too many you know art in our city we're seeing a huge black wave of just amazing black women um you know, Ayanna Presley, mm -hmm. huge movement. Ayanna Presley definitely represents our city, our state. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more. Um, locally in our city, Kim Janey, mm -hmm. big, big, huge big, huge deal. deal. Mm -hmm. First black, not just woman, but first black and first woman mayor of our city. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more women that are taking these leadership spaces and it's reflecting in the music. Mm -hmm. Like, women are running music. That's a good point. For sure. Yeah. I think that freedom of where they're taking it, we'll see, you know, maybe that will still take some time. But mm -hmm. when you talk about who the most charted artists are, women have been in a big part of that conversation over the last few years. So, I mean, I'm happy to see it. I think there's a lot more room for it to grow. There's obviously... We need more artists like Rhapsody, but we still do need the artists like Megan The Stallion because even within her music, there is a change that she's even making because she's shown what she can do with performances live of bringing additional elements to her performances that do highlight the times. Mm -hmm. I think she's just maybe, it might just take her some time to merge the times with her lifestyle and I think she's on the way. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to see her progression and just how that helps to see the progression with other people. Also with Megan, even though Song Savage might have been sexual in nature, her performance wasn't hypersexual at the Grammys. She had like tap dancers in the performance. Yeah, she took it back to like the classic Renaissance time of Thank you. black performances. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. It was tastefully done. Mm -hmm. But I keep going back to the SNL performance because to me, the SNL performance was memorable. Like mm -hmm. that, when, you know, when we kind of talk about like her, her legend growing, 
I think people will reflect back on that SNL performance and just the way that she brought that snippet from Malcolm X and just they were all dressed as Black Panthers. Like, the elements are there. It's just mm-hmm. going to take some time to merge, but it's definitely there. I know we mentioned Kanye won the Grammy for Best Gospel Album. He also made some news in the financial world. Two sides of the news. I think the first announcement was that he became the wealthiest black person in America, uh, which was $6.6 billion. So that was interesting because the valuation was based off of future earnings of newer deals, um, specifically with the Gap and Adidas. And for him, I can understand why he... You know, I can understand the the controversy a little bit. Perfect example, the former president, a large part of his estimated wealth came from projections of income and not actual income. So people always talked about, oh, you know, he's a he's a millionaire or a billionaire and, you know, he makes great business skills and he has all this high net worth value. But they kind of broke down his assets and his, you know, his wealth and some of his wealth was projected income and not actual income. Maybe that was one thing he learned from Trump of how to, you know, estimate out his wealth. But yeah, the, um, the actual wealth that he ended up having still puts him in the billionaire category, which is, you know, amazing. Like less than 10 years ago, he was having a conversation with Sway talking about how he went bankrupt and how Sway didn't have the answers. So he went from that to being, I think, a little bit roughly around 1. 1.4, 1.5, 1.6 billion. Um, so yeah, the projected deals with the gap, we'll see what happens with that. But Robert F. Smith is still the richest black person in America um, at 6 billion. So... That was um that was one thing. I know um when we were doing research, you were you found that there were some other billionaires that were black in America. Jay Z, by this time next year, I think his income's going up. So we'll see where that final number ends up. Robert F. Smith, Jay Z, Kanye West, and anyone else that we missed. Um, Let me pull it up. Sure, the black billionaires in America. Robert F. Smith. Robert F. Smith. David Stewart. Alexander Karp. Oprah Winfrey. Oh, how could I forget Michael Jordan? Right. Michael Jordan, for sure. Kanye West. Jay-Z. And Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, yes. How could I forget Tyler Perry and Michael Jordan? Tyler Perry was a recent entry, too. Mm-hmm. He made some big moves last year with that huge... I can't even just say studio. That's that's like a city. Mm-hmm. Man, he he got his own street signs and everything out there. Right. Yeah. On the airport, I think. Maybe. I think. <laughs> big moves. Mm-hmm. Big moves. Oprah, I have not agreed with all of the moves that she's endorsed or made, but I do have to at least respect... The, the money and you know that's that's an accomplishment to be on that list you know hopefully 
she takes some steps similar to Robert Smith to put some of that money back into the community. I know Robert Smith, uh, he made those contributions to the historically black colleges. Maybe that was, what was that, maybe two years ago now? Maybe three, maybe three years ago or two years ago. But it was really, really cool to see that he made that investment into the graduating class to make sure that they were all able to graduate debt free and for that not to be something that they had to worry about and for it to be from historically black college universities. So hopefully Oprah, you know, takes some steps and put some of that money into the black community as well. Um, she's definitely making those investments into the African diaspora with her school. But, you know, Chicago can definitely use some of those dollars and other cities. But I just mentioned Chicago because... You know, that's really the city that, I, you know, I think the Oprah show was filmed in Chicago. I think she lived in Chicago. She might still live in Chicago now. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I think what Oprah, we want to see some of those dollars get spread into the city and, you know, really connect with more black people. Last episode, we had kind of got into a conversation about black businesses. And just like when a business is sold kind of like what happens to the legacy of a black owned business after it's sold you know it's built up that brand equity and it's part of the culture and people learn it and understand it and enjoy it and it's a something that people use and then it's sold and it's no longer black owned i was just curious about that i wanted to see just some of your thoughts on that i guess my main question so what does that do to black wealth when a black businesses sold outside of the community. That business was generating wealth for black people. And if all the people in that black person's family or that group of black people's family are black, then they're building generational wealth. So once it's sold, certainly the people that are selling the business get some money. But, but how does it make you think about those businesses? Like when you, like when you think about that product or that company, like now that it's no longer black owned, like, does, like, do you still feel that level of appreciation for it? Or does it just feel different now that it's like no longer black owned? I appreciate what it has done historically. If I had a, a choice between that and something else that's currently black owned, I would try to go with something that's currently black owned because I know that my dollars would be going into the black marketplace. So if it's not Black-owned anymore, that's making other folks richer. Good point. I have a couple examples, because this is good. So BET, mm -hmm. that's on my mind. Because I think they sold in 2004 when I was doing research. So that's been a long time. Like I didn't even realize BET was not Black-owned for that long. For the last, let's say, like 16 years at least, mm -hmm. they've been producing a product that people in the community, everybody is going to say, I don't watch BET, right? Trust me, you've watched the BET Awards. If not the BET Awards, something that BET has done over the last 15 years, people have still watched. And we talk about it like there's still our awards. Like we say that, like people will say, oh, um, you know, this person got nominated for a BET Award. Those are our awards. 
but they're not. <laughs> you know, it's basically a Viacom award. So perfect example. Like, what do we have that's our own when it comes to awards? Like we talked about the Grammys, and you know, when people were talking about boycotting the Grammys, what's the opposition? The BET Awards, like those aren't black. So the Soul Train Awards, but people don't even show up to the Soul Train Awards. Like, they will treat the Soul Train Awards like it's beneath them to show up or even perform or think about being there. So that's one example. I would think about, I want to hear some responses too. Okay. And then the source. So I found out the source is not Black-owned. I think we talked about that last episode. The source has huge cultural credit like they hear that people hear that name and you know it's something that brings back a thought like you know the rating of music or just music news and people still use it to this day like people go to the source.com and probably don't even know it's not black owned so that's my second example and i also know you mentioned a couple of care products i think one might be carol's daughter i know that one comes to mind and I think there might be a few others. There's definitely been some hair products that were originally black owned and now aren't. So would you still use Carol's Daughter? What do you think? BT Source, Carol's Daughter. Those are at least the ones that I can think of right now. I don't use Carol's Daughter, but there's certainly a lot of black owned like hair care brands out there to choose from. So I'm not trying to go with black owned when I can. Yeah. So with the contemporary of BTB Revolt, I guess Revolt is in a similar space to where BET was. Revolt's black owned. When you think about a company, like, what does it make you think about that company? Like, do you, do you think less about that company? There's an ongoing controversy of people saying that these companies have sold out. So people are saying Versus sold out. People are saying Jay-Z sold out. For me, I don't see it that way. But... I understand people's opinion on thinking that they sold out because to a degree they did. So I don't know, like, I think they sold out, but I also am given the benefit of the doubt to see like what the next business move is. And it doesn't just have to be about those companies, but just in general, like when a company, like, do you think it's a sellout or like, what do you think? I feel like these individuals they are presented with a lot of money that you know if they sell their their business this is what they'll get i mean i don't know what their initial goals were was it like i'm gonna create this great brand and once it gets popping i'll sell it off maybe that was a part of the master plan anyway just to generate wealth wealth for themselves to become richer um i don't know if everyone initially is all is thinking about um, what we were mentioning, sort of like that generational wealth and just wealth within the black race. Um, and maybe they're taking, if they sell off, maybe they're taking some of the money that they make from the sale to invest in, you know, other black things, <laughs> other things that will, um, you know, either, you know, uplift black folks or something that they'll, they'll keep and, you know, you know, have wealth throughout their family. So, um, I say all that to say, mm, I guess you got to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes, but on the surface, it definitely, if you're thinking about 
you know, money being in, in the black marketplace, then it does look like they shortchanged the community by selling their brand. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. I guess the one thing that makes me give them a little grace is just seeing what that move allows the business to do going further. Like, if they just said, like, we reached the point that we, like, this is as big as we think we can get. Mm -hmm. And without selling, we couldn't have gotten any bigger. We had to sell out to get bigger infrastructure. And then now it does more and they have like more money to still do more. Like, I think that might be cool. So I guess an example of that is Versus. Um, so Versus sold, they partnered with Triller. So some people might say they sold out, but all of the people got equity within that deal. That's the largest, um, I think that, yeah, I think that was history for like the largest amount of equity and ownership that's been able to be um, receiving money. Like they're getting, they're going to get money, royalties from whatever comes forward, not even just the money from the sale, but still like the success of Versus and I know we just had a versus. It was it was good, you know. It would it would be doing the versus a disservice to really try to even talk about it as a versus. Like it was just like a Wu Tang celebration. Like Raekwon and Ghostface, they you could tell they're really brothers for real. Like they they uplifted each other. The music took me back. I felt like I was back in the nineties. Like. They really had that feeling, like, nostalgia, good music. Honestly, this was one of the best verses that I've seen in a long time. And I didn't think it was going to be that good going into it. Like, I, the last two verses kind of let me down a little bit. So, going into it, low expectations. I barely even thought I was going to, I didn't think I was going to watch it. Um, started on time. First verse is, I don't know how long, started on time. So maybe that's the Trilla influence. <laughs> They're like, hey, we're going to be on time for this. Um, you know, I don't know if it was that influence, but, you know, first one to start on time. No technical issues with the sound, the performance, wardrobe changes, the stories, special other group members just popping up. Like, really cool to see that. And then... Just at the end, it was a love fest, like, just like, yeah, you know, I love you, you know, tell somebody that you love them, you just, it was, it was cool, so, my comments weren't even about the music, the music, the music goes what I was saying, I think, I didn't realize that Ghostface had that many hits, like, I knew all of Raekwon's music, but Ghost, Ghostface got deep into those soul samples, like, Neo, Beyonce, he had he had some hits that I didn't I didn't even realize. Like he was definitely one of the best to really do it when it came to to rapping over those soul samples mm -hmm. with the R and B artists coming in and like yeah that was that was really good. But I bring it up because you know at the end of verses they talked about like they were hyping it up. They were like yeah you know. 
they thought, you know, if you thought this was good, you know, wait until we have next for them. And I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm getting amped. And then they dropped the flyer. We got the Isley Brothers. We got Earth, Wind, and Fire. Who said wait until what's up next? The two performers? No, um, Swiss Beats and Timberland at the end. Mm -hmm. They were like, they were just saying, you know, kind of talking back on that controversy of, you know, people that thought they sold out. They were like, oh, you know, you thought, like, y'all thought we sold out. Like, man, we just getting started. Like, and the cool thing was that also Raekwon and Ghostface also were part of that equity group. So they received money um, as a part of that deal and sale. So all of the people that they've already been working with or are continuing to work with are still receiving part of that sale from um, Versus to Triller. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool to see. But yeah, just like Earth, Wind & Fire... And the Isley Brothers, like, I wonder if that would have happened without that deal. Because that's a bag. Like, these artists want the bag to perform. And these are groups, like, between the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind & Fire, there's at least, how many, at least, what, 15, maybe? 10, 15 members. Mm. So you think everyone will sort of... I think they're all. I think all the living. I think all the living members are showing up mm -hmm. because there's incentive for them to show up now that that sale has happened. Mm -hmm. So you know maybe there are some additional things that will benefit from through that sale. Like they had some things that they teased, like some rematches that'll be coming up. They didn't say. Oh. Like there was like um, a ladies' night that's gonna happen again. That was um, blurred out in the rematch that's supposed to happen. That's blurred out. They did also show Red Man and Method Man on 420, mm -hmm. right? So how high, you know, that's their thing what they're known for. So, of course, you know, that's going to be a smoker's paradise. But that sale might be an example of something that allowed them to just do a bigger production and do more. So, yes, the yeah. only thing I'm, I'm looking to see if in a two years from now, a year from now, if these versus performers are still black. Like, mm. if you, if it turns into Justin Timberlake versus Justin Bieber, then, mm. I mean, because that's the thing, too. It's yeah. like black people make, everybody knows, it makes things, like, pop in or whatever. And then other, other groups adopt it. And um, sort of the the glory doesn't go to the the originators true with a lot of things so that's true so more to come yeah we'll see yeah i think that's a good place to end it for now this has been episode four of the ali family podcast if you're a black content creator black owned business influencer youtuber podcast entrepreneur or a black person looking to support or collaborate, definitely reach out to us. We are getting to the point with our podcast and platform where we will begin to highlight more of what y'all amazing people are doing, as long as it's aligned with our brand and what we're about. We always look to uplift black love and black excellence, so we have to also show that to each other. Thank you for tuning in to the Ali Family Podcast. Thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe.